This is Killstreak. This is episode 10. I am Eric Gosselin, and I'm joined here, as always, with Mike Price. How are you today, Mike? I'm doing all right. Uh, Yeah. It's good to to see and hear you. Yeah, I I agree. It's (laughs) definitely uh, recording this during one of the most turbulent times I can ever remember. (laughs) Yeah. In just the world in general, and especially here in the U.S. So it's it's a weird, weird time to be alive, man. Yeah, and I have a suspicion that uh, that the times that we are going through right now uh, will probably be reflected back to us in in various films, uh, specifically in the horror genre, yeah. for for years to come, and and uh, that that should be interesting. I was um, to talk. I mean, specifically about the COVID thing. I was thinking, like, what who is going to be the first? horror movie because i think it probably will be a horror movie Mm -hmm. to tackle this covid thing unless it's like some sort of you know um like you know god bless the frontline workers kind of movie or something but (laughs) you know what i mean yeah the Um, world trade center like the all exactly i was trying to think of yeah i was trying to think of the it's world trade center yeah yeah um like that kind of thing um i was also thinking about that Oliver Stone movie W recently? I've never seen it. Did you see it? it yeah, I saw it at a film festival. It, it, you know, whatever. It is what it is. It's not great. Um, but it's just crazy. I think he was still the president when that came out. Oh, am, right. I, am I incorrect or was Obama? I maybe? feel like it was, Bo- it was o- Obama like first term. But Okay, probably. Yeah, you're probably right. But uh, just insane that that movie got turned around so quickly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that uh, the writer and Oliver Stone took enough time to really reflect on the uh-huh. George W. Bush presidency. But uh, you know, Oliver Stone's never been the most measured of filmmakers. So. No, no, certainly not. <laughs> yeah, they came, um, came out in two thousand eight. So okay, so yeah, yeah that we would have had a second year of Obama then at mm-hmm. that point. Um, well, well, aside from the, uh, turbulence. Am I right about that? Mm. Sorry. No, that would, that would be the first term. Yeah. First year. Right. Yeah. 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 Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. So that movie was in presumably at least pre-production, if not production while Bush was still in the white house. So crazy. Um, yeah. And to think that we would, uh, look back at that time with, fond memories With fondness. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> uh, yeah what are you gonna do though well uh aside from the topics of the moment um before we jump into our uh we're here today for our series recap of the blair witch uh franchise uh but mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask you uh outside of our homework movies uh what have you watched recently anything that uh was interesting good bad uh yeah yeah what's your viewing diet been like i've seen a few things um last week my wife and i watched the wretched mm-hmm. um which is available like on all the various on-demand platforms have you seen that yet i have not um i definitely am interested in seeing it especially after it got a positive review from our friends and fellow podcast hosts uh josh briggs and carol fay they host a podcast mummy and daddy uh, mm-hmm. Which is another great horror podcast that I would recommend to uh, any of our listeners. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, they, they were the ones who alerted me to it because they saw it at a drive-in. It turned out because of the whole timing with the COVID and and uh, theaters closing mm-hmm. down that this movie, The Wretched, ended up being like the number one box office movie for like three <laughs> three or four weeks straight, uh-huh. just by virtue of there not being any. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No new movies. Um, yeah. And it's also doing well on demand too, and I thought it was uh, it was pretty good, pretty okay. solid. Um, sort of a ta- like I'm, I won't give anything away, mm. but it's actually does involve witches. So uh, okay, it would if we were ever ranking witch movies, that would have to go in there. Okay, um, 
and it's sort of like a rear window plot um, of like a a teenage boy who's staying with his father for the mm-hmm. summer, and uh, some some stuff unfolds. It's uh. it's cool. It's it has a you know I'm not going to say anything else. I don't want to give anything away. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's not perfect. You know, it's a good B of a movie. Gotcha. B, B, but, um, not going to change your life, but I, I enjoyed it. I always, in, you know, I'm very hard on horror movies, uh, mm-hmm. especially new ones. Uh, I'm less forgiving than like, say uh, with the, the Blair Witch or Blair Witch, uh, I was pretty forgiving with. But in, in general, I'm usually pretty hard on new horror movies. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's funny how much. I mean, I think that's just like a childhood nostalgia thing for a lot of a lot of us, myself included. Where it's just like, I don't know, if it was made in the '80s, I'm just gonna like it more to start. Yes. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, like doesn't matter. Quality of the film could be equal. It could be lesser than. It's just like you start with a handicap. Uh, like you're getting extra points from me if your film was made in the decade of the 1980s. 100%. I agree. I, I realized just now that I say 100% a lot on this podcast and I, it is my pledge to the listeners. I'm going to try not to do that as much. Yeah. I think you should start giving 60 to 70% to this podcast. <laughs> hey, I always give 200%. Ah, very cool. Um, uh, except for when I tip. <laughs> uh well i you know i was i want to talk about a couple things i've watched recently but you reminded me of an idea that i had you're talking about how few movies have been released and i think Mm -hmm. i've i've read some tweets and heard some people having conversations about how weird the oscars will be for this year oh Um, yeah just because of the depleted film of of movies that are being released and and this here's this is my pitch do you want to hear what i think that the academy should do Mm-hmm. So I think that they should do a half-length Oscar, like a regular Academy Awards. Not It doesn't have to be like an asterisk. Like whoever wins Best Picture wins Best Picture. Great. But for the actual, like when they show the Oscars, like next winter, do a half-length show. And then, a la like AFI, they should do uh, a Best Picture like for the last decade, like so many publications and stuff do. Oh, but you know how there's so many terrible Oscar picks over the years, you know? Yeah. And the thing is like the Academy never revises history like that. Like AFI changes those lists every 10 years. Yeah, it's true. So the Oscars could go back and they could do like 2010 through the end of 2019 and like the, reaward, not like reaward, like they wouldn't take it away from movies. They'd just be like, these are the best movies of the decade. Yeah. You know, and like have yeah, people that, vote on that. That seems like a level of self-awareness <laughs> that the Academy just doesn't have. <laughs> and so therefore Green Book in Crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will, in like. I I actually just feel bad that I just picked two like movies that deal directly with race relations. That's not, I, but I think everybody agrees those movies aren't very good. Yeah. yeah. Although I, I sort of enjoy. I don't know. Green Book was fine. It it wasn't a best picture, and definitely some behind the scenes some some people that I yeah. I don't think are great. But yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. They would never do anything that reasonable. But uh, yeah. it's an idea. Um, I always think about all the times they award um, the best acting award to kids and how, like, you just never see those people again. Yeah. Uh, who Who's the exception I'm thinking of? Anna Paquin was one. Like, Oh, right. She what got, did she win for? Uh, the Piano? I think she won. I'm not positive. Oh, okay. I know mm-hmm. she was nominated. I think she won. And, and yeah, I think she, and, and, you know, she's gone on to have a career. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you're right for the most part. Well, you know, the other thing is like, I don't know, being an actor maybe is a bad idea. Like maybe that's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funny. Like you see all those kids who are like, uh, who's the guy from Can't Hardly Wait and Hook? Um, um, Charlie Corsmo, uh, who was like a genius. Um, he's like the nerd and can't hardly wait, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, he like finished acting 
as a teenager and then like went to Harvard and now he's like a fucking rocket scientist or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like Winnie, the, uh, I can't remember who played Winnie Cooper from the wonder years. Yeah. Also, yeah. Just like Danica something. Yeah. Uh, ended up just like becoming a mathematician. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I respect that, man. I, I really do like the people who just walk away. I actually was just reading something about, um, <laughs> we were just talking about him on Friday. You and I, uh, the guy who played, uh, Anthony Soprano. Oh, or the, uh, uh, not, what's his name? No, yeah. The Tony Soprano's the, son, AJ. Yeah. Tony AJ, AJ Soprano. AJ, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause he's just stopped working, I, but I think he also had like drug problems, uh-huh. but now he's like sober and just like, nah, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, he played such a hated character. It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. People don't like, don't want to see his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He has no redeeming qualities in no, that show. No, remember when he? What is it? I think in the last season he just like lights his lights Hummer a, on fire. Yeah, is it accidentally like he drives over a pile of leaves or something like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just such a piece of shit. Uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, Sopranos. So good. what? Are you, what have you been watching? Um, let's see. What have I been watching? Uh, I we've discussed this before, but. I love um, Joe Bob Briggs. I, w- I try to pop in on the last drive-in on Shutter yeah. when I can, um, just because I. I mean, I feel like it's my duty, and I don't say this begrudgingly, but like Joe Bob, uh, certainly in some ways, uh, some bits of his shtick are not aging as well for me. But I still, yeah, sure, I still love him, and I still mm-hmm. think he has a ton of interesting stories and. The format of the show is so fun. It's kind of like hanging out with your grandpa, though, where it's mm-hmm. like, it's like I do love you and I respect you, and also I wish you would stop saying bimbo. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I agree. But um, I love I do love that show. Yeah, it, um, it, it's such a it gives me such a warm, comforting feeling because I was such a yeah diehard Monster Vision viewer. Uh, yeah, back in the day when that was on TNT. Um, but yeah, I've picked out a couple of those and watched in the last few weeks. Uh, I watched the Frank Henenlotter movie Brain Damage, which I had never seen. Oh, that's um, a cool one. I yeah, like that movie. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, Henenlotter. I mean, I feel like I think there's two basket case movies, but outside of that, I don't think he has a lot that would qualify for the format of our show. But no, but no, it'd be fun to do. I, I think there are three basket case. Are movies. there? Okay, so we could theoretically do those okay maybe maybe that's something we think about or we could just you know something eric and i have discussed in the past and that might come to fruition and might not is want to do some one-off episodes and things you know to cover uh you know because we cover series of, of of like legit franchise obviously right like one two three four but uh for some directors like that it might be fun to just do a frank henenlotter episode where we maybe cover the films of 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 uh, one director or something yeah along those lines but yeah i'm a huge fan of basket case i love frankenhooker um yeah and, i love frankenhooker too yeah and brain damage was really fun i liked it a lot um no and then what else we both kind of half watched through uh through through our like fingers uh yeah bits and pieces of cannibal holocaust last last friday yeah we were uh every friday Mike and some friends of ours have like a Google Hangouts call where we just kind of drink some beers and catch up. And I could tell Mike was watching because <laughs> both of us were just like kind of staring at the screen yeah. when we weren't like we were still listening and talking. But I could like, and I'd text him, like, Are you watching Cannibal Holocaust? He's like, Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah, like wincing. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you were looking, if you didn't know what we were doing, it'd just be like, Are you okay? Are you like, do you have to take a shit? Or, so yeah i think we had said i had said i'd never seen that movie before so i was kind of on in the background i still technically haven't seen it i'm uh, tempted is the wrong word to go back Mm -hmm. and watch the joe bob like i certainly can't watch it with my wife around yeah well i'll say i might never i'll say this like the elements that the show that last drive-in was bringing to the interstitials didn't instill me with a lot of optimism like what i what i was able to see was like you know joe bob was like 
cooking turtle soup and stuff like that. Like, you know, he's like... Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, having a lot of fun with it, which is like Cannibal Holocaust is the kind of movie that I'm not really interested in having a lot of fun with. Um, yeah. You know, I almost watched... I watched bits and pieces of it on Friday just to see... Uh, how it held up to my memory of how offensive it was and it was like it's worse now i think Mm -hmm. from verse you know versus where i was as like a teenager i think the last time i watched the whole movie Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i mean it's gross they like you know execute a fucking turtle and film the whole thing yeah that was disgusting yeah and it's really horrible and it's like nobody should watch it i think you know it's uh same thing I watched I rewatched for the first time since high school. I don't know why I'm punishing myself with these movies. Uh Blood Sucking Freaks. Uh-huh. Uh I also watched on Last Drive In. And similarly, it's the kind of thing where it's like it's an interesting bit of trivia and it's an interesting movie to know about and to be aware of, but um you know, for anybody who's not familiar, it's just like an incredibly offensive movie from the 70s that got picked up by trauma in the 80s and and reached a certain level of infamy. Uh, yeah like retitled i think yeah yeah and it's it's gross and it's really exploitative and it's like doesn't have redeeming qualities but it's the kind of thing when you're like a teenager it's kind of fun and taboo it's like oh yeah have you seen this movie there's like midget cuts this woman's head off and then performs oral sex on it and it's like Mm -hmm. yeah it's certainly really out there and uh but it's also like who is that for why yeah why is that happening (laughs) I watched part of that um, last drive-in as well, and Chris Jericho was the guest, and he mm-hmm. brought up a pretty good point that's sort of like the only way you can watch this movie in good conscience is the fact that like none of the women are seem to be that bothered by what's happening to them in it because like the acting's not great right yeah it's a <laughs> so lot it's like, of like oh oh no uh. yeah 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 <laughs> um, yeah since well, we're Talking last drive and stuff. I also saw one cut of the dead on there, which is one I've been meaning to see. Mm-hmm. And like the wretched, there's I can't really say much about it, uh, but I recommend it. It's cool. It's a cool movie. Yeah, I've I, that that one is on my list to watch. And I think I would even say don't watch. I think Joe Bob gives too much away in the first. Okay. Uh, interstate like the first like setup of the movie. Mm-hmm. So just watch it. All right, I, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I owe myself uh, a good quality horror movie after my recent run of like gross out things that just make me queasy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you um, want to? Sorry. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Let's let's do this. I was gonna say yeah. Let's. Uh, we've we've uh, kvetched enough. Or this isn't kvetching. This is. No, we just we've kibitzed. Kibitz. That's what I was looking yeah, for. I fucked kibitzed. up my Yiddish. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, let's jump into our wrap-up of the Blair Witch franchise. Um, yeah, let's do it. So we're going to so, start with as a you, recap, right? Yeah, as you guys know, we've been watching the Blair Witch movies, which are The Blair Witch Project, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, and Blair Witch. <laughs> um, so there's only three of them. The first one, of course, classic 1999 horror movie one of the first found footage movies that really made that genre a thing and put that genre on the map. We got three filmmakers, three documentary filmmakers going into the woods of Maryland to make a documentary about the titular Blair Witch. And of course get lost and terrorized uh, shot on film and on video. That's pretty much what that movie got Heather. We got Heather, we got Mike and we got Josh yeah, for, uh, just to uh, shout out the directors, Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez. This is their first real thing. And, and honestly, it's their biggest thing to date still. This is a a hard a hard title to escape as it was a, like truly a global phenomenon. Oh, yeah. And as we discussed in the episode about this movie, one of the most profitable mil- movies of all time. Um, mm-hmm. Shot for a budget of under two hundred thousand dollars and made over two hundred million dollars. Um, yeah, pretty damn yeah. impressive. Um, yeah, this is a, a classic. It launched a genre, um, and uh, yeah, that's. I mean, what else is there to say about it? If you don't know 
anything about the Blair Witch Project, I'm amazed that you are on episode 10 of a horror movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, you had never seen it. I had never seen it, but to but say that I don't know anything about it, I mean, I right, right. I think I knew as much about this movie as as anyone would be could be expected to without having mm-hmm. seen it. Um, it was, especially if you were of a certain age, you know, by the time this movie came out in 99, um, it was, you could not escape it. It was, yeah. it was a phenomenon. And I think for, for good reason, it is, it is a, a, a cool and noteworthy accomplishment in filmmaking. Uh, and then we have <laughs> <laughs> barely a year later, book of shadows, Blair, Witch two directed by Joe Berlinger. Yeah. Um, documentarian he made the paradise lost movies and some kind of monster the uh that's what it's called right the yeah metallica, the metallica, metallica doc which is which is a good one i recommend that to anybody who likes the band or uh rock documentaries and then blair witch too man that's a f- fucking weird movie it's we got a, a bunch of people on a tour to see the sights and sounds from the first blair witch movie it's commenting on the fanaticism from the first movie of course uh we got our it's a, a wiccan and goth rights movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got some wonderful stereotypical characters yeah and so um, they camp out at the site of the first movie and of course shit goes wrong go back to this giant warehouse where one of the characters lives it's a bunch of flashbacks the timeline's confusing it's a strange, strange movie. Yeah, um, it's really confusing, and I think you know if you haven't listened to our episode about this movie, one, I think you should because it's, and and this is the kind of movie where I will just say, um, to do a brief aside here, something that I'm very curious about as this podcast comes out and we try to grow our listenership, is I'm and please sound off in our voicemails and our email comments. I want to know how people are uh, ingesting the podcast in relation to watching the movies. Um, yeah, I, I want to know that as well too. Um, are you watching it before? Are you not bothering to watch it? Right. Um, do the recaps help? All that. We'd love some feedback. Yeah, it was recently revealed to me by uh, my good friend uh, and former roommate that he, at least in the early going, has been listening to the podcast first and then watching the movie. And, oh, interesting. And I was like, that seems like a bad idea. And he was yeah. like, oh, it's, works, it's working for me. He's like, he likes doing it. So uh, That's cool. there's no wrong way to listen to Kill Streak other than to not listen to Kill Streak. <laughs> um, but uh, the reason I bring it up is because I think this movie, Book of Shadows, is the kind of one where it's like, I honestly don't care if you watch the movie or not. Like, it's so uh-huh. it's so bonkers and weird and bad that it's like, just I think just listening to the podcast alone is... Uh, like, is enough yeah is enough certainly uh and if yeah. you're gonna do one or the other i'd rather you you, you listen to us um <laughs> <laughs> but uh but one thing one thing worth mentioning i think as we recap this movie is just how much it feels like an episode of a tv show in, yes in terms of the look and the production value and the quality and all that yeah uh and then finally we have 2016's blair witch mm-hmm. um it's directed by uh, Adam Weingard. Wingard. I always get. I, I don't know why I do that. We Adam Wingard. Ke- okay, hold. We keep forgetting to look this up. So when we take our intermission, uh, I am going to remember to go on YouTube and I'm going to uh-huh. watch a clip of him getting interviewed at a fucking press junket, and we yeah. will once and for all settle how the how his name is pronounced. Well, I'm sure it's Wingard. I we- don't know why I keep saying Weingard. It's oh. W I N G A R D. Like there's. Yeah, that's how no, it's, wait, it's not Wingard. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it could be something else. Okay, we're gonna yeah, go I guess with it could be. We're gonna go with Wingard, and we're gonna say Eric is is a clown. Uh, but I'm gonna <laughs> look it up anyways, uh, just to be on the safe side. So we have uh, it's back to found footage. Uh, we get Lisa and James. James is the brother of Heather from the first movie, going back into the woods to try to find out what happened to his sister. Lisa's making a documentary. Um, and we have some other ancillary characters. <laughs> we got Lane. Yeah. Um, 
it's a movie that doesn't make a ton of sense. I found enough enjoyment out of it that I that I like it. The second time around, I liked it. The first time around, I did not like it. So take that for what it's worth. Um, I think there's enough effective filmmaking to sort of, you know, cover the huge plot holes. Yeah. Um, Eric and I, probably the most we've diverged on a single film we've watched so far. Yeah. Um, where, uh, yeah, for me... I think this is something that we'll encounter a lot as we go through movies like this. There's different ways to fail. And I think that, uh, you know, this one is is a pretty well-made movie. You know, it's a piece of film craftsmanship that for me didn't work uh, for reasons that I got into extensively in the episode. And I will touch on again in our final rankings. Yeah. Well, so those are the three movies. Why don't we take a quick break to hear from our sponsors and then we'll get back and we'll rank them. All right. Sounds good. Hey, guys. Eric here. There's a new Vampire Diaries podcast in Mystic Falls. That's right. The Vampiti Diaries. What is the Vampiti Diaries? It's a hilarious after show podcast where a fella named Pete, who has never seen the hit CW show, The Vampire Diaries, discusses each episode with a super fan. New episodes of the pod come out every bloodthirsty Thursday on Apple Podcasts. And uh, yeah, the hosts, Peter Harmon and Ashley, they're great people. He's a very funny author. He's written some great books. Uh, and he's been a guest on some of my podcasts. And his wife is an absolute delight. And check them out, guys. It's going to be fun. If you like the uh, Vampire Diaries, if you want to get into the Vampire Diaries, or if you just want to hear two people talk about the Vampire Diaries and don't want to watch a show, which would be weird. All right, guys, back to our podcast. Okay, so this is how it works here on Killstreak. Uh, we're going to start at the bottom and work our way to the top and rank all three of these Blair Witch movies, and that will be it. That's our canonical ranking that's how it goes now from from this point forward mm-hmm. history books will cite kill streak as the proper rankings of the blair witch movies yeah they'll uh, put it in, in the in the portion of the wikipedia entry where there's mm-hmm. a little drop down for kill streak ranking you know yeah exactly it's gonna go in there <laughs> excuse me i myself have a pretty relaxed uh <laughs> kind of intuitive ranking style. I just go with the ones I enjoyed the most. Uh, and Mike though, you know, let's why don't why don't you take a take a breath and let these people know your yeah. uh how you rate these movies. No, that's that's totally fine. You know what? Everybody's different. Some people have uh just things that they believe, they feel you know, and they believe in their in what they feel, and then other people uh, use data and uh, <laughs> statistics, information to determine uh, something that they feel is true and provable. But you know, and for to each their own. And I I salute you, Eric, for following your heart. For me, I like to rate these movies on the following criteria: gore and special effects. How scary is the movie? Is it uh, a titillating film? Is there is there uh, fun TNA or uh, I think I'm going to start grouping that together into gore because I feel uncomfortable about having my own category for for TNA. Yeah, uh, and it's one that you specifically created for this show too. I that doesn't usually factor into <laughs> my rankings, but it's one that you've now twice now have, mm-hmm. have pointed out that's a major major factor it's major major it's one of six but um okay so you you told me that one's weighted higher that's not than the others this is (laughs) fake news um okay so starting at the top gore special effects t and a so the titillation category that's one of five now scares uh Talent. So this is about the cast of the movie. Uh, are they good actors? Are they good performances? Uh, originality of the concept, and then quality of the production. So this this is a, this is the biggest one. Obviously, it covers the production value of the film, how it's shot, directed, the quality of the script. Um, I try to take all of these things in and then come up with a holistic evaluation of the film. Uh, so yeah, but you know. 
I'm sure that my opinion deserves no more weight than Eric's, uh, you know, despite the amount of time and effort we may have put into making these decisions. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Mike, for uh, letting us have some insight into your inner workings. Uh, <laughs> let's start with number three. The worst movie in the Blair Witch Project franchise. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Because um, I wonder... This is this number. This one right here is the potential yeah. sticking point. For here's here's what I'd like to do. I would like to make a very brief statement, sure. uh, and then I think that you should go first with your pick because my statement will will reveal that your pick is actually even more important than usual here. Uh, okay. After. Great pain and uh, a lot of uh, thinking. I had to uh, really sit with myself and my thoughts for a long time. Yeah. And I have to say that uh, based on all of my criteria, I have, uh, I'm deadlocked. I'm in a tie. Really? For the worst? Okay. Yes. Uh, you know, some of the things that you said. During our Blair Witch 2016 episode, I've been mulling over. Um, obviously, a lot of the things we talked about in Book of Shadows, but I think that if I look as objectively as I can at the pros and cons of both Book of Shadows and Blair Witch, I think that they both fail largely, mm-hmm. and but they fail in very different ways, and I am unable to... Um, at least for myself, decide which one fails worse. So I am going to cede to your ranking uh, to break this tie. Well, I appreciate that, and I do agree with you. Um, Especially on first watch, I thought Blair Witch was a pretty miserable movie. Um, I watched it a second time, as I've said many times, and I actually found myself enjoying it with my expectations lowered. I was actually pleasantly surprised. Um, I do think there are some glaring plot holes that we discussed that I have no answer for. Mm -hmm. I have no defense for, for the various like time loop stuff and the character motivations and the lack of character. That being said, I think, um, Book of Shadows is a more interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Certainly more interesting of yeah, the movie. Yeah, I agree. It is a fascinating thing that exists in this world. <laughs> yeah. But I also think it was miserable to watch both times I watched it. And okay. I think it it fails on almost every single level. Like conceptually, <laughs> yeah. Conceptually it, it's interesting. Right. But the acting, I thought, was pretty universally bad. Yeah. The It looks like a made-for-TV movie, yeah. as we've discussed. It looks like an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, and that's that's really throwing some shade at Buffy, which I like. Um, it is... The plot is even more incoherent than Blair Witch. Yeah, agreed. There is some titillation... It mm-hmm. is the goriest of the three. Right. No, is that true? Yeah, I guess it's probably true. Uh, and there's definitely some titillation, if you know what I mean, because <laughs> that Mike is so uh, into cramming down our throats with his pervy views. Oh, yeah. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, I'm the pervy host of this show. Yeah. Um, the victors write the history books. I really disliked this movie when I saw it 20 years ago and I disliked it now. Yeah. It's so therefore for me, book of shadows, Blair witch two is the worst of the three. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think since, okay, so I am going to go ahead with this and I will also then say the tie break puts book of shadows in last place. And in light of that, I'll say that, yeah, it is bad in all of the ways that you, touched on um it's really confusing and it also it has that horrible familiar uh issue of uh producer interference making it an even more 
confusing and uh, unpleasant yeah. viewing experience. Um, I think, yeah, when I did the rankings, I, I, I'll say that you're right. Like, the only thing that it really clearly gets up above uh, Blair Witch on would be, like, originality. Like, it is trying to be a more ambitious movie than Blair Witch yeah. tries to be. But it, but the, but I think you're right. It fails and points for effort, yes. But, I mean, if you just put a gun to my head and you were like, what is a better movie? Like, which movie is made better? The, clearly, Book of Shadows is the worst made film in this in this trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, like, there can be a... There's a case that can be made, um, but we're not going to make that case because it is the worst movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where it's going with that. Yeah. I guess, like, there is points for originality, um, and sometimes a fascinating mess is can be successful in a way right this in, in this case i don't think it is um and oh yeah the other thing as i was falling asleep last night i thought like it looks like a made for tv mtv horror movie you know what i mean like you're right like something, something that'd be produced in like the late yeah. 90s you know what it doesn't look like it doesn't look like buffy it looks like a fucking episode of undressed yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> and it has the same spirit, too. It's like undressed meets Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, a lot of uh, firelight, fire, fire lighting, you know? Yeah. Like the intros of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Also, to be uh, clear, all three of these properties that we've mentioned, Buffy, Undressed, and Are You Afraid of the Dark, better than Book of Shadows. <laughs> yes, yes. So, of course, that means number two is 2016's, 2016's Blair Witch. Um, you know, Mike, why don't you say your piece on this movie? Sure. Because I think you feel more passionately about it than I do. Yeah, okay. Pros to Blair Witch. Um, it is a movie made by professionals in a way that, um, I mean, honestly, in a way that neither of the other two movies really are. Uh yeah. Obviously, now that we've revealed our two and three, you know that our number one is going to be the original Blair Witch Project, which is great for reasons that we will get into in a second. But it is a movie that has a very amateurish feel. It's also uh, deliberate. They take advantage of that and they use it to their benefit. But Blair Witch, the 2016 film, is the most professional of all three of these films. Yeah. Um, You can see it on the screen. It looks good. Um there are sporadically interesting moments. Uh, there are a couple of decent scares, and they're better than anything in Book of Shadows, certainly. Um, and, you know, the cast is fine. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the story, for me, the reason why this movie was flirting with the last place spot is because... Um, similarly to the way that I criticized return of the living dead part two, there is a profound lack of ambition and, and again, originality. I think part of the reason why this was close for me is because one, I want to give points for trying to, um, to be original to book of shadows. And in this, uh, in the same token, I want to take points away from Blair, Witch for not trying to be original. Mm-hmm. I think that this movie's single greatest sin is that it overexplains things that were literal, like things that literally worked because you didn't know that much about them in the first film. This yeah. this movie's like, oh, we're going to tell you what's actually happening there. It's like, it, it, you know, a lot of people like to rip into uh, the Star Wars movie Solo, uh, my, mm-hmm. myself included. I think it's a bad movie. Um, but it's like, yeah, no one was like, oh, we want to know how he got the name Han Solo. It's like, no, that's just his fucking name. We didn't need an yeah. origin story for his last name. And just like this movie takes the opportunity to overexplain and really take some of the exciting mystery out of so much of what made the first one work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with that. I do think there is some good filmmaking. There's some tense scenes. The performances are certainly head and shoulders above anything in Blair Witch Book of Shadows. Uh, but yeah, that was my main gripe with it when I first saw it. It's like you're trying to, you, you know, you're cutting open the frog and you're killing the frog. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're 
dissecting it, but you're also killing the thing. Uh, we see the witch, or we see creatures that the witch has maybe created. I don't know. It's unclear. Um, and, you know, they are creepy, but I part, part of what I like about the Blair Witch is that you never see the witch, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. I think your analogy is great with the frog analogy, and I think that you're also really hitting on something that extends way beyond this movie, and I think you can apply to so much of, like, remake and reboot culture of the last 15 years, which is just people really failing to realize what made the original movie successful and, Mm -hmm. like, focusing on all the wrong things uh in making these remakes and it's you know it's just one of those things where for me it's like if you were someone who really like if if i was adam wingard and simon barrett and my it was my job to remake this movie i would or to make this sequel i would start from the very beginning with why is the first one successful why do people like it so much can we put a pin in that and then extrapolate out from there and like yeah and i feel like they failed to do that with this yeah, and I don't have an easy answer other than there should never have been a sequel to the Blair Witch Pro- Project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of just what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. So let's get to number one, Blair Witch Project. I think one of the most effective horror movies I've ever seen. It, you know, it, it, one of the most uh, scariest uh movie going experiences that I can remember. I'm not somebody who really scares easy, but there was just something about the mythology behind it all. The, the lead, you know, mm-hmm. it's supposedly being real, even though I knew that going in, it, it was chilling to me um, as a young lad. And I've watched it a few times over the years. And every time it kind of just gets me in that creepy space. Yeah. Um, I think the, the highest praise that I can heap on this movie is that, I very much regret not being able to have had the experience that you're talking about of not Mm -hmm. knowing a lot about it other than just the rumors that were flying around being able to see it in a dark theater as a teen, I think would have been fucking great. Mm -hmm. And still I found this movie to be scary and effective and really well done despite not being able to have had that experience, despite knowing the entire plot of the movie, including the conclusion when I sat down to watch it for the first time, it still worked. And so that I think, uh, you know, you should take as, as high praise. I think that the, that, that really speaks to the, to how well done this is. Yeah. So there you have it guys. That's our ranking of the three Blair Witch movies. Uh, final thoughts on the whole series. As I said, the first one I think is a classic. There was no need to remake any of, or not to remake, but to make sequels mm-hmm. to these movies other than they just wanted to make some money. And yeah. the second one didn't even do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that there's a real, um, it's a real serious drop off between one and two and three. And I mean, I can tell you, I mean, like, like, like I said, I'm pretty much tied up. In, in reality on how much I, I have, how much affection I have for two and three. And it's like the drop off is huge. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not even close. And I think that as a series watch, stay away, treat Blair Witch Project like a standalone film, which, yeah. which is what the producers should have done. Uh, yeah. But as a viewer, absolutely watch the first one and then forget the other two exist. Uh, but Mike, you know, you can always revisit Blair Witch anytime you want because you bought it for three ninety nine, <laughs> as did I. Yeah. It was the same price to rent. Do you want to have a viewing party this week? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you probably will like it more the second time around. <laughs> that may be true. I think that any effect uh, like that will be counteracted by by it's too recent right now i think if i was to yeah watch it uh, you this know what week. let's check back in a year okay we're gonna re re-record we're not re-record we're gonna record a mini-sode yeah it's mike revisiting blair witch should a I, year later should i like live like not live stream it but should i do like a live record like i'll i'll record while i'm watching a watch along yeah yeah a mini-sode yeah. that's longer than a regular episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually think that, uh, that might be fun. Let's see. Let's see how we feel in a year. 
Let's see if yeah, anybody see anybody has uh, still wants more episodes of this podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, Mike, you want to get into our superlatives here? Yeah. So something that I sort of informally did uh, last time around with Return of the Living Dead, I want to formalize um, handing out some awards for the series at the end here. Um, we're going to do uh, best acting performance of the whole series, best directing, and uh, best scare of the whole thing. So I can start. Um, my best acting performance uh, is maybe a little bit unpredictable. Maybe not. Um, but if you listened to this whole series with us, it's one that I singled out for, I think, being very effective. Uh, and it is the goth girl in Book of Shadows. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Erica? Yeah. Is that Erica? Or Kim? That's Kim. It's Kim. Yeah. No. uh, In reality, um, the actor Michael C. Williams, who plays Mike in Blair Mm -hmm. Witch Project, I think he covers the most... uh, He runs the gamut of... He's sometimes comic relief, uh, and then he has sort of a nervous breakdown, and then kind of gets his shit together, and like he really goes all over the place emotionally, and it all feels very authentic to me, and... So, yeah, for that reason, Michael C. Williams as Mike in the original Blair Witch Project is my best actor of the series. Matt, yeah, we're in lockstep here. Um, I was originally going to say Heather, but then remembering, you know, Heather does a great job. That's nothing yeah. to uh, to take anything away from her. But her character by nature is annoying. Yeah. And then especially once we start getting to like the screamy sections, um, it, it gets a little bit grating. Uh, but I think Mike kind of as you said, covers the whole range mm-hmm. uh, and does a great job. Uh, so yeah, Mike is also my best acting superlative. Yeah. And like, an congratulations, extra- Mike. Yeah, well done. Um, and yeah, an extra shout out to all three, Heather Donahue, Michael Williams, and Joshua Leonard. Most of that dialogue improvised, right? Yeah. They, they just had a sort of uh, skeleton to go off of. I'm sure with a lot of help from the directors, but very impressive, I think uh, for all, all three of them. So best directing is a really interesting category for this movie in particular, uh, for the series of movies, because, you know, the other than the um, concept to, uh, you know, how, how am I saying this? I'm not saying this correctly. Uh, I'll say for me, it's Myrick and Sanchez um, yeah. are the best directors of the of the three movies, though. Um, a lot of their directing was done from a distance mm-hmm. and a lot of the acting in the quote unquote writing of the movie is the, is the actors uh, reacting to what the directors are doing. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little bit interesting. Obviously they think they were may, may have been a little abusive towards the past. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, but the effect in the final result, I think, speaks for itself. Yeah, and I think to kind of further how this is an interesting award to hand out, um, when you shoot something like found footage, especially the way they did the Blair Witch Project, I think, I've not made one of these films myself, but um, it feels as though you could draw a lot of uh, parallels to putting together a documentary where you're shooting a ton of footage and then so much of the creative decision-making happens in post-production. Yes. And this is something that you, Eric, literally do um, Yes, for a living right now. And it's something that I've done in the past, um, working in documentary and making these post-creative decisions. And really so much of the spirit of what this movie ends up being comes out of that process. Now, Mm -hmm. conveniently for us in awarding this to... Uh, Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez. This movie was edited by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez. So, yeah. um, so in that sense, they really did have the directorial voice, I think, um, mm-hmm. on both ends of the spectrum. And so for that reason, they are certainly deserving, I think, of this superlative. And then finally, we have the best scare. Um, I struggled with this one, mm-hmm. Uh but ultimately, I did. I do have an answer. But why don't you talk about uh, your best scare first? Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm afraid. Not afraid, but I. I won't be surprised. Ooh. I'm. Af- I won't be surprised if we end up with the same answer here. Um, 
But I do think that even though I knew it was coming, and it's one of the only things in the Blair Witch Project and Shocker, all three of these awards are going to the Blair Witch Project, the first film. Um, mm. I knew it was coming, but seeing Mike in the corner of the basement uh, mm. at the very end of the movie um, was like... It, it is the kind of scare that I enjoy. I am not a jump scare guy. Um, yeah. And there are a couple solid jump scares in 2016 Blair Witch. I actually, I want to give a shout out to uh, the sort of um, voodoo doll-esque death. Yeah. that That's my honorable, honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, is, is that death. But I think that I am always more um, moved by things that are like, you have to grapple a little bit with what's happening and like the ramifications of what you're seeing. Yeah. Um, and, and sort of to get a more sort of existential scare. And I think that that really works with, uh, with the mic in the corner reveal. I agree. We're pretty much in lockstep here with these superlatives. Um, so, Hey, you want to bang out a quick Mount Rushcore? Yeah. We thought it would be fun right before we end the episode. This is a big time, witch movie, uh, and we wanted to shout out our Mount Rushmore of witch films. Um, would you like to start, Eric? Yeah. I mean, that being said, it's something that we talked about before a lot, uh, Mike and I. I don't know that I've seen a shitload of witch yeah. movies. But, yeah. I mean, I, but guess, I guess I have. But and I guess I should clarify that this is our Mount. This is a horror movie podcast, so this is our Mount yeah. Rushmore of horror of witch horror movies. Exactly. I think there's a handful that we had to leave out of the running because I'm just not sure they qualify as horror movies. Um, you know, honorable mention, I think we talked about The Craft is one that we're both fans of. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very, for me, that's like a very fun movie. And, and it, you know, it's not, I mean, I just, I don't think you could call that a horror movie. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think so. Uh, but, of course, we've been talking about it. I think Blair Witch deserves to be on Mount Rushmore. 2016's Blair Witch. Sorry, the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> Man, you were really a fucking stand for I that really, movie. I really, really like that movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've done at this point. This is the second time we've sung its praises. Nothing more I can really say. You've probably watched it. You probably love it. Who yeah. knows? Cultural impact alone, and I think it has to end up on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Um, my, my pick for the number two, and these are in no particular order, the second, the second spot taking on, on the Mount Rushmore, I'm going to go with a classic, uh, from, uh, I would say the undisputed master of Giallo, uh, Dario Argento's 1977 Suspiria. Um, mm. anybody who hasn't seen it. I highly recommend it. There is a remake that came out in the last few years that I think is interesting, but not great. Um, I like it. I think I it, like it. I think it looks great. Um, mm-hmm. and I think there are some really interesting elements to it. I think that it's like, it's like a, it was a swing and a miss for me. Although like, I think they gave it a solid effort. Um, but uh, the well, I, the original, and I, you know, I think this is something that I would like to cover on the podcast eventually. But technically, the first of a trilogy, which is referred to as the Three Mothers trilogy, mm-hmm. um, followed by uh, Inferno, and then finally, uh, what is the the last one is called? Something it has. I never remember. It has mother in it. Um, it is fairly recent. Uh, is it Mother of Tears? Um, Googling while I do a podcast. Yes, Mother of Tears. Um, yeah, so 1977 Suspiria, 1980 Inferno, and then 2007 Mother of Tears. I cannot speak to the quality of Mother of Tears. Inferno is also great. Uh, so that would be high in my running for Mount Rushmore, but I have to give this spot to Suspiria which really put Dario Argento on the map, I think, outside mm-hmm. of Italy. Um, it is an amazingly shot film. The soundtrack is awesome. It's yeah. very impressionistic. It's, it's you know, if you're looking for, like, an intricate plot, look elsewhere. This is a movie 
this is a movie that is also a piece of art, uh, but it's yeah. scary and it's cool. And uh, I think it's definitely one of the great witch movies out there. Yeah, Suspiria is definitely my favorite Argento. That being said, I'm not a huge Argento fan. Oh, no. I think his movies are beautiful, uh-huh. beautifully shot, but I struggle with a lot of them. Just kind of mm-hmm. the giallos in general, just that it's always like a detective story. They're, they follow the same sort of beats, and I just kind of yeah. start to get bored. It's funny. In the middle of them. Yeah, I mean, I I think I just I got into them at the right time and the right mindset mm-hmm. because I agree with everything that you said. But those things, uh, really, uh, I like those things about it. I like that I kind of know how how things are going to unfold, and yeah, it's it feels yeah. familiar to me in a in a soothing way. I can get that. Yeah. Uh, so for me, my next entry onto Mount Rushmore is the 1920 movie Haxon. Um, it is now available on HBO Max, which if you are a subscri- subscriber to HBO Now, which I was, I didn't realize I have access to Max. Um, <laughs> and I started watching it again last night for like the, you know, I don't, I don't know how many times I've seen it. It's a silent film. It's presented as a documentary on witchcraft through the ages, but really um, it turns into uh, these really elaborate recreations of um you know which is convening with the devil it's striking it's so beautifully shot um and it has like sort of this paper craft quality to mm. it where everything is like um it's very intricate but like simple okay. if that makes any sense uh it's really cool and it turns into uh more of a indictment on the persecution of witches uh-huh. and in defense of them but it's presenting everything as if it's factual gotcha. you know what I mean? if that makes any sense yeah uh it's cool it's a really interesting movie i think it was ahead of its time was very controversial at the time mm-hmm. uh and i think is worth revisiting now with modern eyes it's funny it sounds almost like a spiritual predecessor of the blair witch project in that way i mean they named their production company after it yeah uh, it's go. called Haxon films yeah. all right um, and my final uh, uh, nominee for the Mount Rushmore of witch movies is a recent one uh, that uh, is The Witch, um, mm-hmm. which I think, which witch? I think that was, which witch? was that 2016 also? I want to Yeah, my, uh, 2016 or 2017, something like that. Yeah. The Vivitch. 2016, yeah. It's stylized as two v's instead of a w in the sort of old english manner um yeah it was sundance 2015 wide release in 2016 so take that blair witch um (laughs) yeah this is directed by robert eggers who also just did the lighthouse which uh i have not seen but i have heard nothing but amazing things about Um, it's crazy and shout out to a a good friend of mine rob wilson also worked uh editing that film he was oh yeah that's right uh, yeah in the on the editing team um but yeah the witch uh it's funny it's a movie that i tried to watch once and actually turned off because i thought it was too slow Um, oh yeah that being said i was very stoned and um Mm-hmm. If uh, I think that um, I I bear a lot of the responsibility for not being able to pay enough attention, because <laughs> the second time I watched it with my girlfriend, we both really enjoyed it, and it is um, it takes place sort of pre-colonial uh, North America, um, or just like just starting. It's 1630s New England, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this uh, is, you know, right around the era, I think, of the witch trials, right? A little bit before, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think right around that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil too many elements of the plot, but uh, it is scary. It is it is a quiet, thoughtful movie. Um, but I think that, um, yeah, it definitely is creepy and effective and i highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it uh are you a fan eric yeah i am a fan um i actually one of the other movies i own on on (laughs) itunes because at the time i wanted to see it it was only for sale and i was like well there's two of us watching it sure there yeah offset the price 
Yeah. Um, so there you have it. Our Mount Rushmore of witch movies. Guys, we had a blast uh, breaking down these Blitter Witch Project movies with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some more than others. <laughs> but there are, even the bad ones are very fun to talk about. Agreed, yeah. Which dovetails nicely into our next series. <laughs> yeah. Because there are some bad ones in there. There are some bad ones. When you have this many movies in a series, you're going to have some bad ones. Um, well, I, just, uh, I wanted to ask you, this yeah. is more of an off-air question, but should we do two movies per episode or should we just stick to the one per? Uh, I mean, that is a great question. And I think that for now... I think we should stay the course with okay. what, with what we do. However, I mean, you know, this is this is a huge existential question for us because like it affects the entire format of this podcast. Um, so let's see. I'm just looking briefly at the Wikipedia page here, but if I'm not mistaken, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten movies for sure are going to be part mm-hmm. of this discussion. And then most likely what will happen, I'm thinking, is that in a mini-sode, you know, a Thursday release, we'll cover two other films uh, that come sort of towards the end of this series. Yeah. Um, A lot of spoiler, like like a lot of, I'm sure you guys are wondering. So as we continue to discuss this, I I will, let's just say it. So we are, we are getting into the midst of summer here. We wanted to pick a franchise that uh, fit with that um, seasonal theme. And I know people are wondering, when are you guys going to cover these uh, huge sort of uh, tentpole franchises, the cornerstones of long-ass horror franchises? And what are we doing, Eric? What are we bringing? We are doing Friday the 13th. That's right. Friday the 13th, Jason Voorhees, Camp Crystal Lake. We're doing it. We're getting in all Going to summer camp. Uh, Yeah. And so there are 10, like, straight-up canonical... Friday the 13th movies and additionally we have J- Freddy versus Jason and a Friday the 13th remake from 2009. Yeah. Um so yeah, this is a big question. Are we going to cover 10 movies in 5 episodes or 10 movies in 10 episodes? And or are we going to double up and do two a week? I don't know. Oh yeah, I mean that you know that's also a possibility. Um because otherwise it will take us two and a half months <laughs> to get through <laughs> this series. Yeah. Um well, tell you what, we're definitely doing one episode for the original. Uh, so yeah. we can buy ourselves an extra week to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to get too far ahead on recording these now since we, ha- we, are, we are live. Yeah. You guys are listening to the show. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll figure it out. But yeah, Friday the 13th. I'm excited. These were all up on Shutter when we decided on doing them. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're not anymore, but they are available in various places. Yeah. Uh, let me... Why don't you vamp for a second? Sure. And I'll find out where the first one is available. All right. Yeah. Eric's going to get that info for you guys. Yeah. In the meantime, like Eric said, by the time you're listening to this, we've been live for quite some time. Uh, but this is one of the first podcasts we've recorded since we launched... Uh, there's quite a delay that we're going to catch up on eventually, but uh, our uh, email is still open it is still up. And I really mean this. We love to get questions, suggestions. We want to interact with you, the audience. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email, please do that. Uh, also, uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail and possibly be featured on the show, you can go to our website uh, through our host, Anchor. It's anchor.fm slash killstreakpod. One more time, anchor.fm slash killstreakpod. Uh, and you can leave us a voicemail. And if it isn't weird or gross, uh, we might uh, play it on an episode and uh, address your questions or whatever else. So yeah, if you guys have thoughts on this, like how do we handle uh, 12 movies? Do you want to have that happen over the course of a couple months or do we want to have them come more fast and furious? That's something we can sort out uh, with our audience. Like, you know, our number one goal here is to provide an entertaining podcast for you guys to listen to so that uh, you keep listening. Um, So please hit us up there at our Gmail is killstreakpod at gmail.com. And please, 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 if you don't already, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us 
pretty much anywhere these days. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, on Google. Give us a subscribe, leave us a positive review, and uh, we will keep pumping these out. And in the meantime... It looks like you can stream the first movie uh, for free on Crackle. Okay. Which, uh, yeah. But also, maybe potentially Stars, if you have that, and the aforementioned HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, don't quote me on those other two. Those are obviously paid subscription services. So, but uh, yeah. So, it's, I mean, easy to find. Yeah. And you probably already own it if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, next week we will start. We will jump in with 1980s Friday the 13th, directed by Sean Cunningham. Uh, and we hope you guys will join us down at Camp Crystal Lake. And, uh, yeah, do we have a fucking sign off? Oh. <laughs> we always forget uh, to do this. <laughs> do we do these on the recap episodes? Well, we were uh, the the last recap episode. I was like, "Do you have a sign off?" And you're like, "No." And I was like, "Okay, I'll do a sign off." And then, oh, okay. And then I did. What, is this? <laughs> and no, this that's is also, our sign off. No, that's our sign off. Yeah. Right. Congratulations, guys! You did it. All right. We will see you all next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>